Welcome to No Instructions. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. How's it going? What's going on? Right? How are you? I'm pretty good. You sound like congested, like sick. I got sick. I got the sniffles in my head, and I think it's because normally when I work in my shop, I have all of my dust collection running because I'm very anal retentive, and I don't like there to be any dust whatsoever. But this weekend before last, I redid all my dust collection. So I was just inundated with like walnut and cherry and MDF, just like nastiness, even though I had my mask on. And then like the next couple of days you get kind of sinusy and then they get back. My throat starts to hurt. So I am, I'm getting over that. Hmm. And so I'm not, I don't got the COVID. I went and got a COVID test unrelated today. Hopefully it's a negative. That'd be bad. But <laughs> every time <laughs> I do the like, results? yeah, that'd be, that'd be I don't know the results. Oh. We'll talk about that later. Hmm. But we had to get a COVID test before we go on vacation this weekend. But um, yeah, every time I do like a bunch of woodworking, and even when I have my mask on, and sometimes I don't have my mask on, even really good dust collection, like the walnut and MDF dust and stuff just like gets in my sinuses really bad. And then I start sounding all gross. Well, it stays in the air for a long time, too. So even if you're like, you think you're done, you take your mask off after a while, it's still floating around. You still get some of it. Well, I was doing, like, I added dust collection to a tool that didn't have it. Like, my miter saw, people have saw in the in the videos, it just has the, it's a paint hood that somebody gave me, or I got from one of the shows that we've been to. And so I just, like, stick my miter saw inside of a pop-up paint booth, and it controls all the dust, but it never evacuates it anywhere. So I added dust collection to that tool in particular, and it was, like, the dustiest, grossest tool in my entire shop. And mm. so I got a whole lung full of that nastiness. Gross. Yum. So you're prepping for vacation. We are. Coming up soon. We're going to be leaving this weekend, going to Orlando. We're going to drop the kids off and hang out with some family. And then Mama and I are going to go to the Virgin Islands. Mm. We're going to St. Thomas. Cool. Yeah. I talked about uh, killing lobsters on this one, like last year when we were supposed to take Killing this, lobsters. Not catching this them. Trip's killing them. I, I will do both, but, well, I don't think I'm going to be able to do both. Oh, really? <clears throat> the trip that I had scheduled, um, I, I think the secret was out on the Virgin Islands that, like, it's still part of the United States, so you can just go and come back. <laughs> that was the secret. <laughs> well, I don't think many people thought of it as a travel destination. I see. Gotcha. And when you leave the United States and come back, like, you have to have a, a negative COVID test in the country that you are departing en route to the United States. But because the Virgin Islands are a United States territory, that's not the case. But you have to have a negative COVID test within five days of arriving, which is why I went to go do it today. Hmm. So it's more convenient, and it's a beautiful tropical destination, and it's like 80 degrees there nonstop. So I think uh, the secret's out. And so everybody booked up all of the lobster catching and killing tours, mm. which is fine. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's fine. <laughs> that sounds like that. Like it's fine. It'll be. It'll be all right. Well, kind of... you bummed. I don't know if I want to talk about this. My wife and I had uh, a disagreement <clears throat> about this trip the other day, and I uh, I want to plan this trip because I'm very excited about it. There's things that I'm excited about doing. Um, we have Disney tickets like we talked about. And because of COVID and because of the different virtual queues and you can't just walk up and order food, like it's an arduous event now. Like you're you're there and having fun with your family, but to have fun, you have to be prepared. So I've been researching all this. I've been downloading the apps and I've been looking at you know best practices from people uh, you know recently. And I tried to talk to my wife. I'm like, yo, we have to talk about this. Like, where do we want to eat? Because the kids want to eat food that's not in a place where I want to eat food. And we can't just like go walk from this place to that place and just stand in line and order. You have to order it online. And if you order it on the app, it might not be ready in the time that you want it. So you have to sign up earlier. And like, and she's incredibly busy with stuff going on. And so things that are a priority of mine right now in my, my thoroughness, like to no fault of her own are just not as high of a priority as the things that are most pressing. Right. So the stuff I, I try to convey, I'm like, out of this entire trip, these are things that are important to me on top of whatever else we end up doing. Because I don't want to plan out every event. But, I mean, it 
in the scope of possibilities, here are the things that are important to me that I would like to do. And I never did ask her what was important to her. Hmm. And I assumed in my communication method, these are the things that are priorities to me. I assumed that when she had time, she would then reciprocate her list of priorities. Because she has been to St. Thomas before, so she was telling me all of these things that we could go do. But in her mind, those were just available activities. Where in my mind, I took them as these are lists of things that she wants to go do. So let's do them. And so hmm. it was, it's, we're on slightly parallel communication tracks and it led to some conflict and it's unfortunate. And, uh, the lobster trip is no longer like available just because it's not. And she tried to book like a diving trip. Because she knows I like diving. She is a scuba diver also. She hasn't dove as much as I have. But she gets like, she gets motion sick on the boat. And so like the whole process for her is very uncomfortable. And it's uncomfortable for me as her friend and her husband and her dive partner to like watch her experience this stuff. So she's trying to plan things that she thinks that I like. But again, we're, we're not communicating as effectively as we should. So we sat down. I'm like, do you even want to do this? She's like, well, I want to do it because it'll be fun. I'm like, yeah, it will be fun. But how the the fun to terrible ratio for this thing is at an uncomfortable level. So we're, we're trying to get ready for our trip. We're trying to leave areas of spontaneity. We're trying to juggle what is an important activity for one person versus the other person. And I came to the realization that things that I want to do uh, that – might not be as inclusive for like everybody. Like we're going to go to Disney. So that's all five of us and my wife's uh, father and stepmother. But then there's one day that we just don't have anything planned. So I used to live in Orlando. My oldest son is going there. And in his homeschooling community, we always talk about college. Like that is the eventuality of all of this work that he's doing is so that you can go to college and then you can just be, well, not the eventuality, but you can be an upstanding citizen in college as part of that in, in our kind of hope for his, his future. I'm like, well, I went to college in Orlando. I used to live in Orlando. I worked there. I learned a lot about myself there. So while we're there, how's about we get in a car like my father-in-law, I, he can come too. And then we can all have like the three of us have a cool day to like reminisce and talk about stuff. And this is what a real college campus looks like. This is my apartment. This is where I worked. And we can just learn about each other. I can try to teach him things. And she she didn't want that because she wanted all of us to be together. And so in my mm. mind, it was like, well, no, this is good time. And she's like, well, the time is better somewhere else. And so it's we're all trying to work toward the same, like, dedicated, happy family time. In different but, ways. Yes. And yeah. because we're not communicating effectively, we see them as conflicting. Hmm. But I ultimately, I came to the realization that um, where we live... We can fly out of Louisville, and during the summer times, they open up really cheap flights from Louisville down to many destinations in Florida. Mm -hmm. So if I don't get to catch and kill lobsters, uh, I will just go back. That's true. (laughs) And uh, I'll kill them later. So I will delay our our adventure. I'll just do it then. Yeah. And as my son gets older, if I really want to show him those things where it could be more impactful, then we will just go back. Hmm. So the urgency that I had, which led to things becoming priorities for me, was based on the scarcity of the the trip. And maybe it's just because of this moment, this weird little subchapter of our life that like, this is this will be the third time that we've tried to go. So the other two times I didn't plan anything. And now that it looks to be real, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to waste this chance because I'm never going to get this chance again, which I think is kind of silly. So mm. I think the context in which I tried to make my desires known wasn't based in reality. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's easy to try to to overdo uh, any trip or any event like that because you think it's the only one. I mean, Disney is a pretty good example of that. Like, you could look at Disney and be like, we have to fit everything in because this is the one time we will ever go to Disney. Eh, I mean, maybe, but also maybe not, you know? Like, it's... You can enjoy it at not a breakneck pace and then go back it in the future. Well, that one in particular, in this whole context, 
Like I want to go to Disney and I want to spend that time with everybody because we can. Like we have that availability where we are capitalizing on the opportunity of being in Orlando without much else to do. And we kind of have the money to do it right now. So let's do it right now. The kids are at the right age. Um, but in that trip with like, it's an all of us trip. I'm like, I want to ride Rise of Resistance. That is my goal. It is a, again, it's a process. It's something you have to pre-plan and you have to get ready for. And I don't think the rest of the people in the party are as excited about it as I am. Right. So it makes me seem, I think, to them as this like individualized or kind of fanatical or selfish kind of endeavor because it's really important to me. Can I give you an idea? Yeah. Um, so one thing that might be kind of interesting because we, we did this when we went to Disney in a slightly different context, but we asked everybody like, what's one ride? And this was well before we went on the trip. What's one ride that you definitely want to ride so that we can have at least six priorities. Like these are the things that we really need to make sure that they happen. What about if you did that for the entire trip, not just Disney, but you said like, well, that's my wife's point okay. is that I communicated my priorities and I didn't ask her what hers were uh. when I was waiting for her to have the, the time that she needed because she is so busy. I figured once all of that died down, then she could focus on what she wanted to do. And then she would tell me hers. Gotcha. I communicated mine in what she perceived as a selfish way, not asking hers. I was waiting for her to be able to, put forth the time and attention that it took to come up with some. So hmm. I don't know. I, she is excited because it's good family time. Like, yeah, well, let's go do the thing. I don't know if she's as excited about this one particular nerdy star Wars ride as I am. And I fully understand that. But at the same time, I'm paying a lot of money to go to Disney and I want to do this one thing. Yeah. This one thing. That's, that's what I want, please. And I don't think it's that unreasonable. So I have to do a lot of work and I have to try to convey to people in the least pushy, like insane way that at seven or at six fifty nine fifty nine, we all have to be there with our phones. And if you don't want to help, that's fine. But it would be, it would mean a lot to me if you helped me try to get on this ride. Hmm. That's it. Yeah. And if you don't want to help, then I'll just do it. And I don't want to say like, if you don't want to come on the ride, I'm going to go on the ride without you. Well, but like, that's I mean, a weird dichotomy. Like I want to spend time with my yeah. family. I love you all. But at the same time, I'm doing this entire day's trip because I love you guys, but I just want to ride this one thing and I want you to enjoy it with me. Yeah. And I mean, it's when you say it that way in that tone, it sounds like a selfish thing, but it's also okay. Like if you, anybody, if you want to do a thing and the rest of your family is not into it, it's okay to take time to do a thing just for yourself. Even if you're on a trip with your entire family. Because you are absolutely not going to want to do all the things that your kids are going to want to do, but you have to go with them because they're kids. And it's totally fine for any parent to like just have a thing that's just for them and you want to go do the thing. That doesn't necessarily mean it's selfish. It's just you don't want to drag people to a thing that they don't want to go to. You know, That can be worse, I think, sometimes. I've talked to my kids individually about riding rides, and my two boys uh, are pretty scared already, and they don't want to. My daughter knows no limits and doesn't care and wants to ride everything, which I think I've talked about. And so in that day, I already like I don't want to put a damper on the day, but I'm like a majority of being at Disney is riding these rides that you're not going to go do. And if you guys don't want to do them, like, OK, but I do want to do them. Mm -hmm. So a part of me is I want to enjoy the time and I want to spend it with them. But if it's just going to be sitting, but you can't really even sit around at Disney anymore because <laughs> of COVID sure. stuff. Yeah. Like I want to make the most of our time while taking everyone's, their goals and their desires. And I don't want to push people. I don't want to be mean to people, but at the same time as their father, I want to encourage you to get over your fear because you will be rewarded in this instance. But because you don't want to do it, does that mean that I don't get to do it? Yeah, I think that I think that sets a bad precedence precedent for kids. Um, when you, it's super easy to take your life and make every part of it about your kids. It's super easy, but I think when you do that, oftentimes without it being really overt, you let the kids know that they are somehow in control of what you do, 
and my happiness. And I don't think that's good for them to think that they have control over. It's also not good for you to put aside everything that you're interested in. Obviously, there's a huge amount of sacrifice. There's a huge amount of things that you don't get to do because you have kids, and that's because they're a bigger priority. But I don't think that should always be the case. I don't think that's good for either the parent or the children. And I think sometimes when they see you take time or take resource or take whatever for yourself simply because you want it, that shows that you are dad, but you're also Josh. You know what I mean? They don't know you as Josh. My kids don't know me as Bob. They know me as dad. And that's the only thing they really see of me. But then when they see me, I don't know, do other things that are unrelated to them, they get a better idea. Like when (laughs) my kids have have listened to um, albums that I've recorded in the past with bands, and they're just like, like, what? Like, you're playing this music? I'm like, yeah, it's like me and these other people that you know well. Mm-hmm. And this was before you guys were alive. I had a life, and I did other stuff. And I'm not bitter that I don't do those things now, but, like, there's more to me than just being your dad. And kids don't usually have that context. And I think even something as simple as, I'm going to go do this thing, even though you don't want to be a part of it, I'm doing it for myself. If you want to come along, that would make it even better. But I'm not going to miss out on parts of my life just because whatever, you know, your momentary discomfort, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I'm not talking about big giant stuff about people's personalities. I just mean that putting your own needs aside all the time can send a negative message to your children. Just like putting your needs ahead of everybody else all the time would send a negative message to your children. So I would encourage you to, to find something in that trip for yourself and encourage everybody to be a part of it so that you can share something you like with them. And they may not take advantage of that, but... Well, and I completely understand my wife's point. Because as she, we were talking, she was like, you explained to me at this part of the trip, this is your priority. At this part of the trip, this is your priority. And this part, this is your priority. I'm like, well, dang, when you say it like that, it makes me sound really selfish and kind of one-sided. Yeah. Right. And then I thought back about her like well she's like did you ask what my priorities were and when we we talk about things like i was talking about food i'm like can we sit down and talk about how we're going to order lunch which seems like the most benign thing to do especially at an amusement park you walk up you order food you pay them half of your month's salary and then they give you some (laughs) dry chicken nuggets and you sit down and you eat it and you're unfulfilled and she's like okay but i don't like i don't like chicken nuggets." she's like "I'll, i'll just eat wherever i'm like that's not how this works yeah and so the the I don't want to press because I know, again, she's a busy person that has a lot of things to do. So I don't want her to stop just so she can pick out a meal. But at the same time, I kind of need her to stop and pick out a meal because I, I see the urgency of these things where she doesn't because it's not on her radar right now or when I when it was to mine. And now right. we're a couple days away and now those things are starting to be on everybody's radar. And I I, I, I will admit it can appear smug. Is like, yeah, hi, everybody. Welcome to the planning party that I've been trying to put together for the last week or so that, again, just hasn't been at the right level. We've been off. So it doesn't mean because we haven't planned every little thing that everything is going to fail. I get that. But like you talk about that part of yourself that your kids might not know. Like we lived in southern Georgia near where you guys lived. And so it was right over the border from Jacksonville. My wife went to college in Jacksonville. So every time we went down there, we drove past the University of North Florida. Like, oh, that's where mom went to college. And when we um, we go home to see all of our families in the same kind of area in the panhandle of Florida. That's where my wife was born. There's, there's, we've driven past every house that she's ever lived in. The houses that I've lived in and the places that I've grown up are gone. Every house that I grew up in as a kid has been demolished and it doesn't exist anymore. Hmm. So we stay at at my father's house, which I lived in until I moved away. But like those little things about me, like we can't go on the army bases that I was stationed in because that's a life that I lived before most of my kids were born. It's something that they don't associate with me. Right. So in the free day in Orlando, I'm like, I want to take my son, who I think is right now the smallest bit impressionable and can understand kind of why I want to show him this stuff. It's a little bit about me that he has no context about. Mm -hmm. It's things that were pretty crucial in my life for good and for bad that I can try to impress on him at this age to set his expectations for the next step. So I saw this as like 
a lot of good things. And I want my father-in-law to come too because he probably didn't know any of this stuff. And just so we can spend time together and talk without everybody else being around. <coughs> Excuse me. So the benefits that I saw, I did not convey all of those. I just went, this thing is a priority for me because I'm very succinct and I choose my words carefully and I don't want to go, nope, I'm doing this this day. I don't care what anybody else is doing. I tried to frame it in a certain light. It was not received in a certain light. I understand why. And it created conflict. And so now I'm at a point where I don't want to throw my hands up and go, okay, the things that I claimed were priorities aren't anymore. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm pitching a fit. But on the flip side, I don't want to miss out on them because I spent a lot of money on this trip and I want to get my trip's worth out of it. Well, so it's, it's this balance that yeah. like, I don't want to stick to my guns and go, no, I want to do it regardless of the ramifications, because then I would get to do a thing, but at what cost? <coughs> Pardon me. But there's a, there's a middle ground that our trip is so just kind of packed with stuff. I don't know what that middle ground is. And if it's just like, I'll just be quiet and just go well no i don't think you have to do that but i think there is there is kind of like a a throat's tickly a middle point where you have to look at any kind of a trip like that especially when you're investing money because it's super easy to be like i want to get my value out of this thing and disney is one of those weird things where if your kids are of a certain younger age and i think probably where your youngest is like the value is not to her and to that age group is not riding rides to like, I went on this one this many times and this, it's like the, Mm -hmm. this kind of intangible, like what the heck is this place? Like, this is crazy. Look at that. And look at that. And it's not as measurable. Whereas for, I think older kids, especially like my older, my oldest doesn't really like riding rides. The two middle really do. So when they talk about Disney, it's like, well, we rode Everest six times. That's (laughs) awesome. And the oldest one's like, yeah, I saw this thing that I liked and this thing that I like. And so it's super hard to quantify the value that they get out of that. It's not necessarily the same as the value that we would get out of this. And so I think the middle ground there for you might be not giving up on the stuff that you want to accomplish, but also kind of accepting the fact that the trip can be a lot of things, even if it's not what you plan. And it can be right. good for everybody, yourself included, even if it's not everything that you'd planned for it to be and hoped you could accomplish and all that type of stuff. And that, that is a hard thing to kind of I completely be okay with. I, I completely agree with that statement. It's just hard for me because I know that the time is, is approaching. I know that we don't have a lot of time. And it's in a place that we don't get the opportunity to go to very often. And it's a place that kind of means something to me. So again, it's a double, like it's it yeah. overlap. I'm trying to hit as close to the overlap as all of these different circles in the middle of this Venn diagram. And I examine this Venn diagram and I go, okay, that little sweet spot in the middle of the most of them, how do I get that to happen? So that I can maximize opportunity, uh, value, impact, all of those things. And I go, okay. In my examination, it is this event. So it is a priority for me to hit, boom, that event. But it's just that. It's a priority for me. And it may not, those circles in that Venn diagram could be completely different for everybody else involved. Right. And I acknowledge that and I understand that. And at this point, as my wife communicated, I don't know what her circles are. Except when I ask her very specific questions so I don't waste her time about like, food and stuff again that we have to pre-order she's like i'll just eat whatever i'm like so that shows (laughs) whatever's not on the menu yeah that tells me that like my examination of those circles for the venn diagram she hasn't examined to to no fault of her own because again she's busy that doesn't mean that those circles go away and we can't be flippant in a lot of ways because you just you're not afforded the opportunity because of the restrictions that are put on us so it's I I am definitely not the the to the minute planner that I know a lot of like Disney travelers can like win at Disney. That's not what I'm up for. I don't want there to be a meltdown in the middle of the day with three hangry children 
And we go, well, just go get him a grilled cheese sandwich. And I walk up and I go, can I have a grilled cheese sandwich? I go, oh, you have to order on the app and it'll be ready in two hours. And then I want to light the building on fire. So I'm trying to avoid chaos by doing all of that examination, which is one of the big circles, avoiding chaos, huge circle in this Venn diagram. But I fear that I'm alienating my loved ones in my examination of the elements of this trip. And so I want to stop, but I, and I, I don't want to say I don't want to concede, but then it goes back to my original point is it doesn't matter. Like if I don't get to do the things that I think are praise, I can go back and do them. My wife went on a trip with her, her friends, just like a girl's trip. Like, if I don't get to kill lobsters and eat their butts this trip, I'll just go back some other time on my own and do like John Rambo face paint and jump in the water all by myself. <laughs> I'll get them all. I'm like, okay. Yeah. That's an option. So I don't need to be so radical or so stressed about the details. Right. Because it's alienating people that I love, which is ridiculous and, and contrary to the entire reason of having a family trip, that I should calm down and realize that it's not a waste. It's not a wasted opportunity. Right. Oh boy, I have to think about how to say this because I have to convince myself and my personality mm. of how to justify this. That like we're gonna spend the money to go on a trip, and if we don't get to do the things that we want to do, uh, there are still other elements of the trip that are beneficial. Well, which is which I is a thing. Which I, yes, I, I think there's a couple of things. A trip with your family doesn't have to be productive and i don't mean productive like getting things done i mean like uh ticking boxes and so it can still be successful it can be enjoyable it can be a bonding thing even if everything goes wrong <laughs> and I, that's not comfort in those moments but like you can go on a canoe trip and tip your canoe and lose the canoe down the river and it could still be an awesome trip you know what i mean like you don't plan for that to happen yeah you can lose all your food and it can still be okay and so I think going into something where you're trying to plan a bunch of details, there's almost guaranteed to be failure within that, no matter how well you plan. I mean, taking kids to Disney of any age, there will be a meltdown. There will not be enough food, no matter how much you plan. That's just the way it is, you know? So I think trying to avoid that as best you can is great, but like, you're still going to run into stuff. People get hot. People get tired. There's no, not going to be any place to sit down. Everybody's I gonna think there's going to be thunderstorms. On. There's going to be a bunch of that stuff. That's not substantiated anyway. I'm just... That's no, Florida. Yeah. I mean... It's an afternoon in central Florida. It's going to happen. But, so I guess I'm saying that as to like to temper the... Not to say it's going to be bad, but stuff will go uh, opposite of how you plan for it to go. You know, so... Yep. Just assuming that you're going to have to roll with some of that stuff may loosen up how you feel about the other parts of it. So you don't have to convince yourself of just like, we're going to make the best of this and we're going to get out of it what we can, you know? Cause I mean, you can't do any more than that, but yeah, that's a tough place to be trying to like make it as good for everybody without seem seeming overbearing to them. I could see or that selfish. Idea. Yeah. I could see that. It, somebody had an analogy once that traveling with your kids is not a vacation. It's a, an exercise and being an event planner or um, it's a person on a cruise ship. You're a cruise director. You're a cruise director. You're not on a vacation. So you have to plan all the stuff. You have to get everybody, especially with kids, you have to like arrange all the excursions. and Or like you said, they're going to melt down and they're going to freak out about the stuff. And so it's, yeah, I, I'm trying like to have like a... I want to mitigate as much as I can mitigate so that I can also have fun and so that they are not miserable at the at the milestones that I can imagine their misery will set in. How do I mitigate that while still not being completely overbearing and also trying to have fun? Because I, I paid money so I can have fun too. I'm not sending them into Disney while I wait in the car. Yeah. I mean, I that sentiment of like, how do I say this without sounding like a jerk? The the attitude that a lot of people have towards their own children. Uh, we'll use the going on trips, but I think it goes way past to that. 
that attitude of I'm putting up with my kid's behavior, I'm putting up with my kid's needs, and I'm just going to have to deal with it, and it's going to be terrible, but I'm just going through it because I'm a parent. Like, screw that. Okay. That's a selfish attitude. You chose to have kids. Probably. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. But, like, what did you expect? And this isn't to you, just to, to that attitude. Like, what did you expect? They're kids. They rely on you. You you have responsibility to them. You are to them what no one else is. Boo-hoo <laughs> that they need you. I mean, like, that attitude makes me angry. My kids frustrate me all the time. They do things that I don't like. I get angry and all that stuff. But, like, I knew that was what was going to happen when I decided to have kids. Like, that's part of being a parent. And I don't that attitude of, like, we're just going to go on this trip and it's all for them and I'm going to be miserable the whole time because I'm having to drag them around to all the places they want to go. Like, okay, well, then don't. <laughs> and, and deal with that part of it. That attitude is within trips. It's within, I, I see it at soccer practice. I have to drive these kids to soccer practice. I have to take them to their games. I have to pay for all the gear and... No, you don't. You don't have to. Yeah. Aren't you doing it for them? Like, okay, do it for them and like be into it. I don't care about soccer, but I'm paying a lot of money for my kids to enjoy soccer and I enjoy seeing them enjoy it. Even if I have to drive to three different places in a 30 minute period on a Tuesday night, which I did last night. <laughs> That's just part of it. But like, I think that it can be overwhelming. You can feel like you're uh, losing, you know, what you want um, and what you are comfortable with because of the needs of the children. But at the same time, like, you can, that's an all, that's an attitude thing, I think. I think anybody could flip that around and decide to not necessarily be like, I'm super happy all the time with everything about my kids. I don't mean that, but like, you signed up for it and you can, you can uh, resent them for their needs or the situation or stuff like that. Or, you can just like realize that's part of it, and it changes all the time. It's not going to be, you know, the, the way they act right now is not the way they're going to act forever, all that type of stuff. Just, I get frustrated when people see their children as um, inconvenient or as burdens, especially when it comes to things like planning a trip for your children or for the family. Like, <laughs> like you don't have to take a trip if it's that thing. Anyway. I think with kind this of, one... Kind of rela- not related to what in, you were saying, but down that well, path, you know. in a way, in in the defense of this thing, going to Disney and just dealing with the individual personalities, like, yes, I agree. You, I'm signing up. I know ahead of time my certain kids don't want to ride stuff, so I can't get upset with them if they don't want to ride because I know that already. Mm-hmm. I know that going in. I think the point that... I'm trying to make with this particular trip and the point that I am I was attempting to convey to my wife is that that stuff aside, the place has unusual conditions. Yeah. So we have to address the unusual conditions before we get there. Or we stand to reap a pretty, pretty unnecessary and bad consequences. So... I know my kids are going to get hangry. I understand that about them. We're going to pack the snacks. We're going to do all the things. But it would be negligent, I think, on my part as their caregiver and as their father and as the person that knows and loves them to just not think about that stuff. Like I am planning with them in mind, probably on some level, like I don't want them freaking out. So... It's an altruism based in selfishness, which I think is an area that I live in in most of my life, that I love them and I want to plan for them so they don't lose their mind because that would suck for me. So I'm, I, I agree. And I'm probably guilty in, in many ways of, of making uh, my kids the, the reason I can't. Or the reason that frustration is there, like I get that. I'm that wasn't I'm aimed sure at I'm you. No, 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 to be clear, I think on some level it should be, because on some level it is. But I, I think to the point I was making earlier, is that I would be way more relaxed and just like we got tickets to the thing, we'll go when we're ready, 
and we'll get on the rides. The rides have long lines. Hey, kids, rides have long lines. Nothing we can do about it. Right. Except for the conditions that we're going right now. You have to do things differently. If you want to, to go to Disney that way, then great. Go for it. Like, have a good time. You're go- You're inducing levels of irritation that would not have been there if you would have done some legwork up front. And so uh, that's what I'm trying to provide to my family. And I don't know if that's coming across or I don't know if it's coming across as selfish or annoying. But like we have a budget for this trip. And so to eat food at Disney uh, is a significant financial investment. And now that it is a logistical investment, that's a double whammy. So to ensure that I don't make horrible financial choices, which will then lead to annoyingly frustrated children and and family members, uh, we got to do a little bit of let work ahead of time. Got to do a little bit of homework to figure this out. <coughs> Excuse me. And so that is my priority. Not that like, I don't want you turds ruining my Star Wars trip. That's not the point. <laughs> I talked to my son and I know that he is going to be frustrated and I I empathize with him because I went to to Disney with my family as a young kid. I was probably a little younger than him. And I remember waiting the entire time in the line for uh, Space Mountain. They didn't have fast passes and stuff back then. My mom loves roller coasters. Loved them. We got all the way to the front. I started crying, freaking out. Nope, I'm not getting in that thing. Hmm. She's like, what? Why? I'm like, no, it's just scary. I'm not getting on there. And we had waited for like over an hour, as you do in Disney lines. And she was like, well, what am I supposed to do with you? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm not getting on that thing. And I was freaking out. Hmm. And so she had to get out of the car. And the little Disney people were like, you can just go like the exit's over there. And I remember how upset she was. But at the time, I'm like, well, that worked. Not riding that ride. Right. Because I was mega selfish as a child. And then eventually I learned to enjoy roller coasters and I went on some with my mom later <coughs> in life. And like, I apologized to her hmm. because I, I had the, the gift of hindsight, but like, I see that in my children right now. I see that my son already has those same type of things. So if he were to stand in line with me, maybe standing in line is not that bad. The moment that you see that car in my, I'll put myself back in that selfish parent position, as you're mentioning earlier, I'd be opening up to being super pissed at my kid for making me miss out on a thing because you don't want to do a whatever. Nope. That's not going to happen because I've already thought this out. I've already seen it play out in my own life. I can Mm. see it repeating itself in my kids, so I'm not going to put that pressure on them. If you want to come on the ride, I hope that you do. And I had this exact conversation. I told him that story that I'm not going to pressure you to do it, but I'm telling you, when you get over that fear... You're rewarded. Yeah. There's not more fear on the other side of that. It's laughter and joy. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) But you just have to be able to deal with being scared. Like, I'm scared when I get on those things, but I'm not going to show it to you because I'm a hardcore guy. (laughs) Like, if that that helps, just telling you, like, yeah, when you go up the incline on a roller coaster, I hate that. Hmm. I'm however 30 whatever years old. I hate that part. It sucks. (laughs) But then you get to fly. Yeah. And then that part is cool. But again, as much as my pre-planning with him, whether it works or it doesn't, when the time comes and we stand in line at Rock and Roller Coaster, hey, buddy, do you want to go on this? I'm going to go on this. I'm not walking away from you angrily. I'm not putting you in some kind of timeout or like wishing you were a different person. Yeah. I love you. I'm going to go ride this and I want you to enjoy it with me. But if you're not, then... So-and-so hopefully will wait out here with you or we can do the the parent swap kind of thing that Disney allows you to do. But I'm going to go on there and show you by my smiles when I walk off that it was worth the effort. I'm not blaming you for not writing it. I'm not going to peg you as the reason my life is terrible. (laughs) But at the same time, I'm not going to miss out. (laughs) Yeah. Because you're uncomfortable. That has no bearing on me. I was uncomfortable one time and I graduated from that. And now I can ride whatever I want to. Yeah. I think that's super valuable for them. Because, I mean, it it shows that you you still care about them and what they want. And you're not going to force them to go on it and, like, you know, toughen up, that kind of thing. I don't think that's necessarily good for people. But 
not giving up your own enjoyment all the time because they don't share it. I think is is perfectly good. But this is the rub for this trip is where does that stop? Because there's a lot of people. Right. And again, in my prior planning and trying to identify all of these things so that we can help mitigate them so that everybody has not the most awesome vacation, not some Griswold style like expectation that this will be the greatest ever. I want to minimize the foreseeable down, not downfalls. That sounds bad. The foreseeable sadness or conflict because it's just as much their vacation as it is ours. Yeah. So I, I don't, I have to figure out where that line is between planning things for everybody else's enjoyment and for their benefit to it be not being their benefit because they're not as involved as they want to be. Yeah. I think there's just a flexibility there, you know, like you, you do what you think and then just be f- like willing to let things change as they go along, which you can't plan for. I mean, well, I hope it's fun. I'm sure it will be. There, I got them excited about the airplane. Oh, cool. Uh, have any of them ever flown? Uh, my that oldest they would son. Remember? My oldest son has. My younger two have, but they're too, they were too young to remember. And so I went over like, I love, and this is another thing. I love the airport. I want to share my joy of these things with them. And I'm not expecting them to reciprocate it. I'm just hoping that this legwork that I'm doing up front doesn't make them hate it. Hmm. I don't want them to hate Disney World, but I told the guys there are lines. There are lines everywhere for everything. But see, they won't hate Disney World. That's one of the things about a trip like this is in the moment, you and them and everybody involved will have moments where you're like, this is the worst decision we've ever made. And then 10 minutes later, you'll be like, this is awesome. I love this part. And Hmm. a month after the trip, you're going to remember the, this is the awesome moment parts. I guarantee you that all those terrible glimpses of like annoyance or hot or tired or whatever that stuff doesn't stick around just like you know we think about all the best parts of your life there were terrible things with them that you've forgotten so i wouldn't worry about that i think well we've we've had to talk about good stuff uh budgeting money for the kids to buy stuff yeah because one thing i'm already like in in my dad brain and in that i don't want to blow all of my life savings on this one trip is like they're gonna see all of the stuff that's available because that's what you do you ride a ride and you buy stuff and if they're not going to want to ride rides, they're gonna then buy more that stuff. pie chart is going to be filled <laughs> with like, buy me the thing. And I am like, I'm. we've talked about it here. I'm that stoic person that's like, oh, that's not food, clothing, or shelter. So that's you money. Hmm. And I know that these kids are never going to be able to wash enough dishes or pick up enough poops in the yard to be able to afford anything at Disney World. So my wife and I talked about it, like to avoid me just going, no, no, no this angry miser the entire time. Like we should allot a certain amount of money for this trip that is for each kid just because we love them. That's a good plan. Not because they they have earned it through their acts. Like, nope, this is for you to do what you will with. Uh, I hope you make wise choices, but if you don't, I'm, I'm divorcing myself from this amount of money just for my kids. Hmm. Um... So, and again, that is, that's that little gray area between altruism and selfishness. It's because I love you and I want you to be able to have fun things that you want. And I don't want to have to yell at you and look like the bad guy every time I tell you no, that you want $25 for a pen. We're setting expectations all around. Yeah. For them. I think that's, that's a good way. Well, we haven't told them this yet. Well, yeah, but I mean, at some point, even if you're there, you'll still have to say you have this much money or... We're getting close to your budget or whatever. You're still setting an expectation for them as to what's available. And I think that's a good thing. It puts everybody on the kind of same page. At the same time, though, you've got grandparents going on the trip, right? Yeah. Okay. That will take care of part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to. Guarantee it. I wasn't going to plan for that. My parents are listening to this podcast right now. And last time we went to Disney, they went with us. And they paid a lot more than we did for stuff. <laughs> I guarantee that. And they're awesome. Thanks for that. So, yeah, I would... I would count on it, you know, or at least hope for it, but that's probably going to be uh, saving grace for you, I would imagine. Or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either, but I'm not going to stress about it anymore. Yeah, I think that's a good plan. I think you'll enjoy it. It's one of those things that you're, even if you budgeted every single dollar, you probably still end up spending more than you mean to because it's a trip, not necessarily because it's Disney, but just, you know, 
I mean, trips always have hidden costs and stuff. Right. And you'll you'll come back and you'll be happy and you'll rebuild the savings and whatever you need to do. But I just want to eat a lobster that I catch with my bare hands. <laughs> like it is, it's, it's almost, a shame Disney doesn't have something for that. Like, yeah, it's almost comedic at this point. How like. I want to go spend time with my family. I want to go to this tropical destination with my beautiful wife. I want to go hang out in the most magical place on earth. And like underlying all of it, like some weird little like split personality. It's like, I just want to go rip a lobster from its home and eat its butt. I want to go butt. kill a sea bug. Like, I want that so bad. <laughs> I can't get over that. And I was looking and I'm like, well... I mean, the guy said they're booked, and I try to find other trips, and none of them are, like, lobster-specific, and some of them are just dive trips. And, like, I love diving. Let's go diving. I'm like, but I'm, like, I'm in the neighborhood. I need to kill. And <laughs> Tiff was, like, writing the, the, the charter company for the dive trip. I'm like, can you word this email very specifically that says, if my husband were to happen upon a lobster in a habitat, can he take it to eat later? Because I've looked up the regulations. Huh. I'm allowed. I don't need a license. I can have two a day. I can't hook or spear. I have so to, you have to like grab them with grab my it. bare hands. Wow. Okay. Savage style. I am stoked about that. And so I was like, asked him specifically these things. And she wrote back. She's like, well, it's in a preserve and it's in a whatever. So, uh, no. Aw. I'm like, Okay. I will still have fun scuba diving. Can I bring a duffel bag? Yeah, like, I don't know the hand signal for, hey, look over there. <laughs> but I should figure that out. And then I could just like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. This big whippy antenna thing freaking out inside my pouch. This giant bug attacked me, so I had to kill it. <laughs> it was coming own, right uh, for me. Yeah, I don't know. It was self-defense. But since it's dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are we gonna leave it here? Right. That'd be wasteful. It's a preserve, right? Reserve, <laughs> preserve, preserve yeah. eat it with some preserves. Um, anything else on this? No, because I want to ask you about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay. So we talked last week. We had strong feelings, and then the new episode, episode what five? Was that five? Four. 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 Thoughts. Ooh. Spoilery. Obviously, if you haven't he seen this. He decapitated that guy with the shield. I'm going to go with he decapitated a guy with Captain America's shield. You said it went in his chest. No, it went in his chest. Okay. Your chest does not have that amount of... Well, I guess your heart has that amount of blood. Because when You would he, have to get through a lot of bone to be able to get that he much He did a couple of hits. And this is super gross. He did a couple of hits, and then it did a, a higher shot over his shoulder, and you saw the guy's face. Mm. And then he did a couple more hits. I don't know. Maybe the second ones were the head. I have no I idea. Okay, so my original stance was I, f I found it upsetting that Disney would pick a guy purposely so that we don't like him. Mm -hmm. Okay, it makes a little more sense now why they set me up not to like him. It's because they want to overtly <laughs> make me not yeah. like him. Yeah. Because he's a legit bad guy now. And I think his character, going back to like Captain America all the way at the very beginning... When Steve Rogers was skinny Steve Rogers in New York. And they were like, why you want to pick the scrawny guy? He's the worst. And he's like, you don't need a good soldier. You need a good man. Because as the whatever guy talked about it, corrupting people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that played <clears throat> out. He's not even a super soldier. I don't know if he took the super soldier serum in yeah. between getting beat up by the Dormelage. And I then he did. Okay. Then that played out. Yeah. Um. I still think the Flag Smashers, I was still confused as to their motives and their motivation. I get that she calls up Sam's sister and was like, we need a secret meeting. Bring me Sam and no one else. And then Bucky shows up and she's like, who the heck is that guy? And then they were going to have a talk. And then what's her name is like, oh, Captain America's at this other building. And then the three of them start fighting for some reason. And then she's like, I'm going to go kill Captain America. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be cool. She kills uh, Battlestar, and then she lets him go. She lets Captain America go. I see. My thought there, and I, we talked about this a little bit offline, is that she didn't know he had the serum until that moment. And I think at that point she realized that, like, oh, not only is he, like, a soldier that I can kill because I have super strength, but now he has super strength, which means he could probably kill me. And I think she just got scared and bolted. 
That's my. See, I don't remember thought, in but... the moment it being obvious that he took the serum. Well, it it wasn't. You only noticed that when he threw the shield and it stuck in the wall. That's when I was like, oh, that, okay. See, but I thought he did that elsewhere in the show where it stuck in the wall and he pulled it out of the wall. But it, I don't think so. I mean, maybe. Uh, not that I remember. But I remember seeing that and being like, oh, it went like really far into a concrete wall. He must have snuck the serum. And then the next few fights were like him throwing people through walls and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. So that was my assumption, but I don't know. Yeah, but I think like the Stone Cold... <clears throat> killer side of her like she killed one of them like and i get the conflict of like oh i actually see a real person die because of our actions not just faceless people blowing them up like i get that realism kind of conflict i don't think that was as obvious or played out or maybe that's me projecting but in the show everybody just looks sad like Hmm. oh no like he died because we, our superhumanness should have killed him all the other times, but this time now he's dead and now everybody's sad. And then she just like lets him go and walks off. See, and she, I think without but she some, ran away, like she actively was bolting. Yeah, she. Didn't I think walk maybe off. without some, maybe the next episode she'll explain why. But part of me was like, you had a goal, you're an extremist, you're a terrorist, you had the thing right there, and then you let him up, and now, now he's mad. Yeah, that was her one chance, yeah. probably. you made a mistake right there, because now uh, that guy is going to rage freak out on everybody, and he did, mm-hmm. to the point where my oldest son was like, I don't want to watch this anymore, and was claiming he was going to have nightmares. Hmm. And then he asked me, can we not watch it anymore? No, buddy, we don't have to watch it anymore if you don't want to. I might still watch it, but just yeah. like not as like a family thing because like, okay, Bobo Captain America just bludgeoned a dude yeah, in I mean, front of a group of people, raid roid, or roid raged on somebody. Yeah, my kids were all like, what just happened? And then it was over and they're all looking at me like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I don't, sorry guys, we're just going to have to see what happens. But again, with the language, come on. I mean- yeah. I'm not like a prude, but like every episode of a show meant for superhero <clears throat> fans, like it's just, it's absolutely unnecessary. There were four unnecessary curse words. And again, I am all for dialogue. I'm all for good storytelling, but it just like, it didn't add anything to the scene. Not a single thing. And I had in my mind, you get one more. And if you do one more, I'm turning this off because it's already going down. I don't want my kids around this. Maybe I'll watch it later, but one more, I'm turning it off. Yeah, and then just and then they did that at the very end. I'm like, whoop! Maybe I should have turned it off when mm. I thought about it, just for the the frailty of my children's mind. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's weird. I, I guess you know you can't expect them not to make a show that they want to make. They're not. They're not claiming it's a kids show. I guess, but it is PG thirteen, isn't it? I don't know. I think it is. Maybe. That's so, on us. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it is. Can't blame them for that. Um, but how do you feel about the show overall from a, like a storytelling perspective? And like, do you think it's that episode improved anything? Your it interest level added on? a little bit of intrigue just cause I, I want to see kind of, I want to see what goes down. I want to see how they defeat him because now he's the bad guy and he's the one that has to be defeated. Yeah. Cause you can't hold Captain America's shield and be a bloodthirsty killer, even though it was an accident. That's the complete antithesis of Steve Rogers. So in the comic book universe, if there's the bizarro version of whoever, you are the bad guy to be defeated. So now, are they going to unite with the Flag Smashers? Is she going to help them in some under, like underworld type way? How is the Power Broker going to factor into all this? Like, now I'm a little bit intrigued because they made him the bad guy. Yeah, the actual bad guy, not a- just the one that I felt bad for disliking because he's just like a dude <laughs> yeah I'm like sorry now he no. deserves it yeah now you deserve yeah the animosity that i have towards you sir yeah i, I definitely got <clears throat> interested in it i wish they had pulled that a little bit earlier like maybe episode three you know because I, I think mm-hmm. it took them too long to get to that but mm-hmm. and if it weren't for the the language like i wouldn't i wouldn't really be 
concerned about it for my kids and I'm not concerned about it. It's not like they're, they've never heard the language or anything, but it's just like one of those things I don't want to reinforce. And I wish that that weren't there because then it, it would feel like the rest of the Marvel stuff to me. It just stands out. And I think that's right. the thing that's weird is it feels different. Like, well, even like Captain America started saying some bad words and my kids repeated the words that Captain America started saying later on in mm-hmm. his MCU career, which were pretty much the same words. Yeah. And I had took issue with it then. For that reason. And yeah. It's I want to enjoy this thing with my kids, but again, it does have uh it does have a rating. And that's completely on me as a parent. Yeah. True. Whether or not they should be subjected to those things. True, but true. as an adult who has cursed uh most of my life. <laughs> like uh, I don't know. I guess he he is a veteran. He was in the Air Force. So once the Air Force Leaves their hotels and their fancy linens. I guess maybe they have the desire to say bad words, but their life in the Air Force is usually pretty good. They don't have a lot to curse about. <laughs> um, so I saw something today that the power broker apparently will be showing up in this next episode, and it's going to be played. He's going to become a major MCU villain mm. and is going to be played by an A-list celebrity. And I have not heard anything about who that would be. Well, I know John Stamos is already booked with a Disney Plus show, so it couldn't oh, have been him. Yeah, that's a bummer. That's the only A-list celebrity I'm aware of. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Pitt was killed in Deadpool 2. Can't mm. be him. Clooney? Ooh. No, you know who would be awesome? Antonio Banderas. That dude's You cool. haven't seen Antonio Banderas in a while. He did something not too long ago. Um... I can't think of what it was. SpongeBob 2, I think. But you got to think of who Disney already kind of has. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, it may be somebody Maybe that not, they haven't Because they didn't have uh, Luke Wilson or Owen Wilson or whichever one of the Wilson boys. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I at least kind of want to see how it plays out. Um, still so, more excited for Loki, but... Something is off in this model. And I've looked at these four pages repeatedly... Something is amiss here. I can't figure out what. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> can't help you there. Mm. All right. Well, we're over an hour. Uh, you got anything else you want to chat through? There was a single pro and con that we had listed up there that Anthony was very secretive about. Mm. So how about we answer this one, one pro and con. mysteriously silly. Let me see I if I can remember which one that was. Pro and con. See, it says that this piece is supposed to be level with these other ones but it's not and it can't be <laughs> there's a couple very specific ones okay give us one uh hmm? i feel like i've heard this discussion recently people pronouncing height like height anthony <laughs> says people pronouncing height like height height that's from eugene as in relation to depth and width and yes. then they would say height. Yes. It is understandable from that perspective, but it is also wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's forgivable if you are Daffy Duck. <laughs> the only I mean, I, I get it. Like, I, I can see why someone may just like think that's how it's said, but it does irritate me. I if have I'm, gotten over my hangups with the way that people pronounce or like mispronounce certain words, like the irregardless used to drive me <laughs> insane. And to some level it still kind of does, but like life's too short to hate people because they say irregardless and the height thing, like you have to kind of pay attention because like there's length and width and height. Like it's, it's at the end of the word. And unless you put like a, a special amount of, Daffy Duckness in it? Yeah. Daffiness in that, like, it's it's almost not noticeable. So, I, I'm not going to get upset with somebody, but that is not the word. It is. I certainly would not get upset with somebody about Height. it. But it's, it's still not correct. All right, one more? Sure, one more. All right, this is from Justin. Justin. He said, barbecue chicken dip baked inside of a pretzel bun with bacon on top. Bar- on. Okay. Say so those ingredients. Barbecue chicken. <laughs> right here. Dip, barbecue chicken dip baked inside of a pretzel bun with bacon on top. 
I what know. is barbecue chicken dip? That's what I'm wondering. I'm trying to break up these now. Maybe he meant buffalo chicken dip? Barbecue chicken dip. Buffalo chicken? I could dig that. Barbecue, barbecue? I like barbecue, chicken. but I think barbecue okay, works so on its own. Buffalo is like a thing that so works. So is this chicken in a barbecue dip? Or is it barbecue chicken barbecue that has been chicken. like macerated to where it is <laughs> chicken scoopable? <laughs> scoopable chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Grody. Barbecue chicken dip. Well, I can't read the rest of the nouns now because you know you're what? Typing, so I'm, I'll say pro. I'm bacon. It's got a barbecue. It's got bun. pretzel buns, which are awesome. It's got bacon. With I'll bacon on top. So is this just like a soup bowl, but for this <laughs> confusing dip? I think. But the then dip. it has bacon on top. Is that on top of the bun or on top of the dip? Hmm. Because I'm seeing this as a as a a bowl that you would scoop some barbecue chicken. Dip, whatever that looks like, with like a chip. Well, but it's on a pretzel bun. Is it on or in? It said on. That's a, so it's got to be a sandwich. A very crucial preposition. Okay, so it's a sandwich with dip that's made from barbecue chicken, squished on it, and then bacon sprinkled on that. Let's just imagine that's what it is. That sounds, good. That sounds all right. I'll that take that. Be, I would eat that. Like chicken salad, but not sweet, but like oh. barbecue chicken salad. Have we talked about meat salads before? No. What do you think about meat salads? I love the word salad. <laughs> I absolutely love the word salad. It is the laziest word in the whole wide world. And yet we as Americans are like, yeah, sure, I'll allow it. <laughs> like relish mean- could technically be a salad. Oh, that's true. So many things are salads. Your bowl of honey nut Cheerios is probably a salad. Your, your junk drawer is a salad. Like, <laughs> sure, whatever. It's a concoction of a bunch of crazy stuff that normally wouldn't go together. Maybe it's wet. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Salad. Well, what do you think about meat salads? <laughs> uh, as in my military career, meat salads are often the thing that is kind of readily available because they're in a tin can and you can take it with you and you can eat it on the go. Hmm. Um, I think you have to rank meat salads. So would tuna salad be better than ham salad? Well, I have a single answer to this. Okay. For me, personally. Tuna salad is the only cold salad that I would like to eat that has meat in it. Hmm. Chicken salad, salad. barf. Ham salad, barf. Ham salad is is a stretch just because you don't really know if it's ham. Honestly, I don't really know if it's (laughs) any of the meats. It's probably not. Hot dog salad? Ham salad could be hot dog salad. Who knows? It's just cooked differently. I don't know. That's true. Well, yeah, for me, like cold meat salads, I like tuna. I don't really think of it as the same for some See, reason. It's I, exactly the same. But I like tuna salad the least of the meat salads. Hmm. I'm not sure why. I mean, it's okay, I guess. But like ham salad in my mind seems gross, but I may still eat it over tuna salad. <laughs> <laughs> huh. What is a meat salad? Like, they don't make steak salad. Maybe you should try that. Hmm. That well, doesn't I mean, sound all that bad. It's weird, but then if you think like a Caesar salad with... Grilled chicken on top of it? That, that sounds all right. See, even, I think it's... Even if the grilled chicken's not hot. So it's hot. the addition of lettuce. Know. We used to... A restaurant I used to work at, we used to sell tuna salad as an appetizer, but it was on like a bed of romaine lettuce, which is like the laziest See, the, tuna season To me, salad. that feels like total garnish. Like I would it is. It's absolutely. Hands down, it would yeah. be garnish. Hmm. But it's still a salad on top <laughs> of salad. true. So you could have waffle salad as long as it's a waffle sitting on top of lettuce. Mm-hmm. Ooh. If you took your waffle and you cut it up into chunks and then you took a piece of sausage and or bacon and sprinkled it over the top, that's a breakfast salad. Breakfast salad. <laughs> salad is the best word. It's the best word. All right. Well, glitter. Glitter is plastic salad. Send, send us your ideas. Wait, isn't Color pizza, salad. Isn't pizza a salad then? Ooh, but it has a stable base. I think that's the thing. Is if it were in a bowl, like a stromboli. Mm, okay. If you like ripped off the top of a calzone or a stromboli, it would be a pizza salad in a bread bowl. Because I don't think right. the, the salad has to be separate from the vessel. <laughs> really? Because then it's like a sandwich or a pita. Hmm. If you were to eat it all together, the vessel and the dish, I think it ventures into sandwich territory. <laughs> 
It's the name of because my then next, it's like a chicken salad. Of my next spy novel, Adventures into Sandwich what? Territory. That would be great. <laughs> All right. Well, leave us your uh, comments of your favorite non-salad salad. It's the best meat word. salad. Let us know. Um, big thanks to the Maker Alliance for supporting this episode and all of the stuff we do here at I Like to Make Stuff. If you want to join up and get all sorts of cool free stuff, extra stuff, behind-the-scenes stuff, go to, what's the URL? I like to make stuff.com slash join. It's on the screen. Go check it out. Or it's a link down below. Where can people find you on the internet? At Josh underscore make stuff. This next week, I may or may not be posting stuff to the internet because uh, I'm on vacation. He's going to be murdering lobsters. Maybe. 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 Uh, you can find all of us at I Like to Make Stuff on all the stuff. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.